swords we handle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to every clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control shows Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. Sorry. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give us five stars. Let us know you're out there. Head on over to Twitter. At my control issues is the handle. Tweet at us. We retweet. We reply back. Also, going over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you living? Living well. This is um, one of the better sporting weekends for this is actually actually my favorite sporting weekend um, for the NBA, but sports in general, because it is the kickoff of the NBA playoffs. And that means that Damn. yeah, the Saturday and Sunday is all basketball. They run four <laughs> games on Saturday, four games on Sunday. And, and you're watching all of them simultaneously. Oh, uh, yeah. All, so yeah, simultaneously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all of the screens in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even a baby's tablet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much it. And then this year, what they did differently is they've added in a play-in tournament where the seventh and eighth seed obviously were always in. But now, what they did to keep the regular season more competitive the ninth and 10th team have an opportunity to play in, in a mini tournament against the seventh and eighth seeds. And if they win, then they get into the uh, playoffs. Uh, There's an added level of, uh, and what's pretty cool about the mini tournament is it's um, like you, you win the game and you move on. So it's as opposed to usually in a basketball uh, and like in a basketball series, it's, it's seven games to, uh, winner take all uh and this one it's one day and so it's basically like the best team that shows up that night uh gets to walk away with the victory which makes the com- the competition just that much more insane and this is just for a playing game which is like awesome so yeah like this they're gonna have a mini trophy a mini trophy no nah, unfortunately i don't think they do it like that they should Ooh, like, like the size horse. like the size <laughs> of a regular person's forearm <laughs> yeah it's like a mini it's like a nerf basketball <laughs> <laughs> oh damn that's dope yeah how's your week been do you do you think that's going to be something that they that they do going forward or is this just like post-covid type thing so they first started the uh the play-in tournament in the uh in the bubble so this is actually a uh a product of uh the bubble last year during covid when they had to basically postpone the nba season they brought it back in complete lockdown where they just had the NBA bubble and they had to figure out what to do because they had all these teams that were in contention, but because of the way that the the season just ended abruptly, they had no reason to come back and play in the bubble. And so they added this play in tournament to give them incentive to continue playing the rest of the season out. And 
it went so well that they were like, fuck it, let's let's give it a shot now outside of the bubble. And it ended up being just as good. So now I think it is going to be a thing that they continue with. Also, there was this issue with at the towards the end of the season, those teams that didn't have a shot at making the playoffs basically just started tanking because now they're just jockeying for a better draft position. And so now that they actually have an opportunity to continue to play on and possibly just go on a crazy run in the playoffs, they're they're now incentivized to play in the regular season, which then helps the ratings because now you don't have all these teams that are sitting their starters at the end of the season because there's nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a thing that just overall benefits the entire product of the uh, the NBA. Um, the fans, everybody included, except for the seventh and eighth seed, which. Uh, the Lakers, they were a seventh seed. And so then, of course, LeBron has an issue with the, the play-in. He's like, I don't know. He's like, whoever came up with this idea needs to get fired. <laughs> it, was, it was probably his idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I love it. I love the idea of it. The big thing with it is that, uh, you know, like, especially in a year where there's a lot of like COVID protocol being broken and players having to sit out two weeks just to make sure that, you know, they didn't get anybody else possibly infected. Um, you had players that were, you had more players out outside of uh, injuries. And because of that, you just certain teams that were good ended up having bad records because they didn't have their full squad the entire year. So because their damn stars got to live their damn lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. LeBron got in trouble because he was out with Drake <laughs> the night before the uh, playoffs. Just doing baller shit. <laughs> <getting bitched. laughs> exactly. Having, having strippers at the house at the crib yeah <laughs> so yeah i i absolutely love the idea but yeah adub how, how, how you been how's your week been uh not too bad man just working things are lightening up a little bit you know we had uh we had a couple more departures from the company so you know we're gonna have to deal with that stress finally got our cfo but enough of the shop you know i got got my second vaccine shot feeling a little out of it it's worn your boy down. So definitely looking forward to getting some sun stretching my legs after the show to hopefully ease, ease the woes that I'm feeling. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's, it has amplified my sensitivities dude. like my muscle soreness from the week of working out is just like two or three times more intense. Uh, of course, there's like a little, just a little soreness at the, at the shot site. But other than that, I'm largely chilling, you know, just getting getting down to cooking those hello fresh meals. Looking forward. I got the ramen tonight, so I'm looking forward to making that. Breaking oh, this ramen bowl my sister got me. Nice. Oh yeah. You gonna throw any meat in there? You got any uh Yeah, I got some ground pork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully my bowl's big enough, but we'll see. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so looking forward to that. Thank, thank you and Marissa for sending me that offer. I'm thinking I might back the HelloFresh down to once a month and just, you know, once a month, cook a few meals and then go back to eating out on the weekends. You know, I think that's that's probably one of the better ways to go because that ended up – so our issue ended up – I think we were doing three meals a week. And as you had mentioned and as I had pointed out to you, there's a lot of preparation. So much goddamn chopping. <laughs> Dude, I spent like at least 90 minutes yesterday cutting potatoes and carrots and scallions <laughs> and mushrooms. How, how's that knife game? You uh, you got all the knives that you need? I don't. I What I did when I took when I took back the housewarming gift from the JOE Doomgaze, I got like a set of steak knives. I didn't get a set of 
kitchen knives. So I'm cutting everything with this serrated edge. I have cuts on my finger that I can't explain. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I'm, I'm gouging the finish off of my fork as I'm like cutting steak. Yeah. (laughs) It's something else, but you know, overall it's, it's working out and I'm making it work. It's a lot of work. I have a much higher respect for chefs, cooks, and anyone who prepares homemade meals, especially families that make big like holiday dinners because this this is not easy i'm making dinner for two for one (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm i'm doing that and it's just like gosh darn this is too much i couldn't imagine doing that like multiple times during the week after i've worked after i've worked out showered yeah yeah that's and that was our issue is that we were bumping up the like it was just there'd be certain nights it's like I could do this or I can do something that I know that will be like nice and quick. And so I think what you're saying, cause I'm never uh, disappointed by the, the product once I'm done cooking, like yeah, it always, always comes delicious. out well. Yeah. It's just the prep. And so, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to cut back to a uh, fewer meals during the week just because it was starting to get like a little, a little much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, man. Let's get into it. A dub, you know, what we're all here for what have you been playing? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I beat Returnal. May started, so it's Mermaid. I'm working on drawing mermaids. I'm like two weeks behind, but oh, I'm yeah. not holding my yeah. I'm not holding myself to the to the daily grind of it because there's just not enough hours in the day to do all the things that I that I really want to do. Like I try to squeeze in a mermaid every night or so, and I'm gonna try to do a bunch on the like i'm gonna try to do a few today and then i'm gonna try to do a bunch over next weekend to close out the event but you know overall it's nice it got me it got me back on top of my drawing game i'm looking over my notes from my figure drawing workshop that i took last year i'm learning a bit more there you know you guys know that i beat returnal i tried to start up disco elysium but i decided that that's going to need a lot more focus and attention so I just put that on the back burner. What I have done is prepared for the future. Uh, I pre-ordered a couple games, one of them being Biomutant. The other one we'll talk about a little later when we get to the topics of the week. Top topics uh, of the week. Yeah, And then, you know, we're also looking at what, maybe maybe three weeks or so until Ratchet comes out. I'm still playing around with the idea of whether or not I'm going to get that on day one. But for the time being, Biomutant, that's going to be out monday night when the digital unlocks so i'm looking forward to that hearing good things conan o'brien played it with bj smooth (laughs) i gotta check that out clueless gamer yeah it was kind of hilarious so yeah i'm looking forward to the future i might cut on the series x and get some forza in because now that i got my driving itch back scratcher i can always get my needs fulfilled so i'm happy there ps5 just been streaming trying to watch the expanse I've been watching every season of Def Comedy Jam on Amazon Prime. Oh, they got all the seasons? (laughs) They have all the seasons. And I've just been watching. It's a a little more personal for me because uh, you probably know, or I don't know if I told told you too much about it, but my parents used to run a comedy club over on Crenshaw and Maverick Splat back in the 90s, like around that same time. So a lot of the comedians that are on Def Comedy Jam also came to that club. Uh, They didn't serve alcohol. So I was allowed to work there when I was like 10, 12 years old. So it was like, I got to, I got to meet a lot of those comedians, see them live. It's just, it's a, 
it's a more intimate relationship I have with like Def Comedy Jam and those comedians, especially seeing, you know, a handful of the people that are still family friends to this day. So it, it's a nice little journey down memory lane. I will say, and I hate to say it, but it like, you could like the kind of comedy that they were doing back then, you couldn't do that today because it's, it, no, like personally, I'm just a little off put by how just sexually oriented everything was. But at the same token, it, it was also very just like misogynistic. It was very homophobic. Like every other episode is some kind of gay joke. And I'm just like, wow, that would not fly today. Yeah. <laughs> like, there uh, were issues. Yeah. I mean, even if you watch the Kings of Comedy, like Bernie Mac set, which is like one of the better sets of that show, it's like, oh, yeah, like you couldn't get away with that now. <laughs> Goddamn milk and cookies. It's just like, you kind of just have to put things. I'm one of those people, you put things in a time capsule and you just like, you just like you, you don't retroactively go and cancel those people. It's just like, yeah, you're judging based on what was going on at that time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. It's still hilarious. It's still quality. It's still, it's still like one of those shining examples of the excellence of African-American culture, just in that we were able to put something like that together and it was able to be successful for multiple seasons. It launched the careers of several comedians that are still relevant to this day. Who's hosting? Is it Martin's hosting? Martin was hosting for most of it. And then Joe Torre stepped in. Yes. (laughs) Buff-ass Joe Torre. (laughs) Buff-ass Joe Torre. (laughs) Talking shit to everybody in the crowd. To everybody. Hell yeah. Like, I, re- I remember one time at a, the club was called The Fun House that my parents had. One time, like, somebody wanted to fight him for making fun of him <laughs> on stage. <laughs> it was just like, damn, he's been trying to fight Joe. Because he's, like, he's swole, but he's not very tall. Yeah. <laughs> so people people be trying to test him. And they don't realize that he is legit. So. He's not one to be tested. <laughs> yes. Like the swole ain't just for show. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to the games to come. I'm happy with the games I have now. You know, I, I still need to go nick and scratch at the platinum for Returnal as well as the true ending. But, you know, it's not a priority. I'm just waiting for the new stuff. We got E3 right around the corner. So that's going to be a high point of 2021. But other than that, your boy's chilling. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll get into what I've been playing. A-Dub, as alluded to last week, um, with the, with an assistance from A-Dub and an assistance from Wario64, your boy yes. got got an opportunity to purchase a PS5 yes. all digital. Yes. Had to wait. There was a delay on the shipment. They delayed it to last Monday. And it showed up on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> damn. Oh, man, it was great. Um, as I said, the thing I wanted to do most, the thing that I was most looking forward to was getting that controller in my hand. And when I felt it, it was great. Um, I'll say this. I haven't tested out really the haptic feedback and all that shit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I've i tasted the rumble. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, don't really have any PS5 games. I So pretty much the first like the entire week i just just streamed and played around with the uh the different settings while i was doing the whole the whole setup um 
it was during that transfer process with the PS4 when I was trying to transfer data. Um, I was hopping back in between the two consoles and the PS5, I guess, got turned off during one of those points. Oh. And then so when I got back, the uh, that whole quick start um the whole quick start uh menu or whatever setting uh was then glossed over and went right to the console so i was like god damn it did i miss anything so i looked up uh a wiki on ign like a getting started wiki everything you need to know and i kind of just went through all the settings just to make sure there wasn't anything i missed hit up your boy adub asked you um what you thought about the whole performance versus resolution or keeping it like default you mentioned that um you know i, I have like a 1080 uh tv so it's we're not we're not getting that 4k <laughs> that pop so you should not, just focus not, on not that. yet your boy yeah. sizing up a, an upgrade exactly so I, until, <laughs> until you get that tv you should just focus on the performance so i went with that and um all the other stuff that, that came along with it that was great just you know getting used to the new menus it was it was definitely different and I, I now that I'm used to it, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Um, finding like the media section versus the gaming section, I like how they just have that separated, as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to find that window. Um, like jumping through all the tiles. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like checking everything because I was like, "What is this? Like, what's going on here? Do I need this?" Yeah, yeah. And then um, eventually, I got that itch on Friday night where I was like, "I haven't played a PlayStation game." And I really need to play a game on this console just to get a feel. And so the game that I mentioned last week that I was probably going to play until the uh, the PS5 update for Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out, I ended up hopping on that, and that being The Division 2. Yes. And um, I believe you had mentioned your, your experiences. It was, I pretty much echo all those um, sentiments. It loads a lot faster, looks a lot cleaner, just looks a lot smoother, even a little shinier. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah that new coat (laughs) yeah that new coat it's uh definitely the the loads is like the big thing like it's when you start up it's not that like all right i'm gonna just take five (laughs) while this thing gets going like it's like maybe five to ten seconds you have your character screen click that another five to ten seconds and you're in game so it's it's a lot faster and um it's i will say it took me about I played for I think two hours and it took me an hour just to like remember how to play that game <laughs> just because like I had to go through all my inventory I had stuff that I didn't like like you know break down or sell so I did like junk all that stuff I had to relearn all the button maps all that I'd figure out what um as far as like the uh not the class but the uh the abilities that i had uh assigned to my character how to use those and what they were because there's even like just different perks within those abilities and then like i just felt like um there were even just stats on guns that i didn't even notice before that were there now um and then i got like uh, i got an exotic which i wasn't even aware of i felt like when i was playing the first time so there's just a lot of things that um I had to like just catch up on in the game. So I was like looking at a wiki while playing the game and all that stuff. So it was, it was, um, it was great. It was, uh, I was definitely fully immersed in everything that was the division and PlayStation five this week, which is, which is great. And I played a little bit of fire emblem. Um, actually played a lot of fire emblem, found some time during the week to squeeze in. Cause I'm trying to put that game down before final fantasy seven comes out. You know so, how much more you gotta go. To be honest, I don't know. It's so they basically said that I'm gearing up for what appears to be the uh, the big fight, uh, the big climax. But then I noticed that 
so the way the the game sets up, you have like your weekly schedule and you're basically always building up to this big, um, I guess, story point. Um, and so like while you're building up, you can do like, like skirmishes, you can go to school, uh, work on your abilities, things on those lines, get close, uh, build the support between your teammates, all that good stuff. And then you get to that main story point. And I, so I see that that story point that's supposed to be the big fight. I saw that there is a birthday also scheduled for one of my support characters after that. So I'm assuming that there's going to be some big fight, but then obviously it's going to continue on to something bigger after that. So I'm near the end of the game. I'm just not, I'm, I'm basically entering in that the fourth quarter, but there's still a lot of time left on the clock. So um, I'm in the latter half, but just not sure exactly how much I have left, but I'm thinking that I'll, I'll have it down before I believe it's June 10th when integrate comes out. Yes. Oh, are you pumped for integrate? Oh my God. It's, it's everything that I'm looking for. Like I'm playing the division. I'm loving the, the division is great. Like just play that game. I'm like, damn, this game is just as good as I remember it. But um, there's nothing like final fantasy and final fantasy. Like that. I remember, uh, like the great Final Fantasies of Final Fantasy VII and earlier, and so I, I, I absolutely can't wait. I anytime I see Cloud or Sephiroth, it just takes me back to those experiences and to see what that game looks like on the PS5 with those enhancements. Ugh. Not even PS4. You just yeah. skipping all that. <laughs> yeah, fuck all that. Toss all that aside. You going um, right to PS5? You getting Yuffie? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty much like, so I'm never really a person that goes back for DLC. So I'm going to just go ahead and get that. So it'll just be part of my entire experience as opposed to uh, a broken up experience. So Damn. that's going to be absolutely awesome. And they're already talking about part two is, is, is nearing completion. Going to be outside of Midgard? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to be the shit. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. A dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. You lead it off, Adele. Oh, I'm going to lead it off. I'm going to lead it off with something a little simple, something a little endearing, something a little homage, as you might say, a little amuse bouche. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, man, No Man's Sky continues to get bigger. It continues to get better. And it just got a little bit bigger and a little bit better this time. Yes. Uh, Mass Effect's Normandy is now in No Man's Sky. What? So as you guys know that No Man's Sky got a patch recently that added expeditions to the game where you and a bunch of friends can get together on the same planet and embark along various missions and things in order to work toward a grander goal with grander rewards at the end. Well, recently, coinciding with the launch of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, a new expedition has been put into No Man's Sky called the Beachhead Expedition. Uh, This takes players across multiple planets, solving puzzles and eventually receiving a mission called Anomalous Research, which calls for players to crack a pattern in time, a strange signal emerging across multiple realities. So according to Joe Scrabbles from IGN, it turns out that the signal has been coming from the Normandy. By completing the expedition's five stages, players will earn the ship as an S-class freighter. Sadly, it's not a directly pilotable ship, but it's likely to become the jewel of many players' fleets. So that's pretty awesome. As you guys know, 
No Man's Sky has freighters in it, which are massive ships that you can fly into. You can dock there. You can park multiple pilotable ships within them. You can build a fleet of smaller frigates that you can also send out on missions to collect resources and currency. You know, while you're doing other things, you can upgrade and modify them from the inside. So now you have the Normandy as a frigate ship and it's an S-Class, so that's top of the line, AMC. How do you feel about this? Oh, I love it. I, one, I love a good crossover in any genre or just any any platform. Um, yeah, uh, and it just seems to make perfect sense that you would have a, a crossover between these, I guess, sci-fi, space sci-fi games. Yes. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love it. It's a, uh, it's it's a little it's. I would say it's a little upsetting that you can't fly the ship, but who cares because you didn't have it before. And the idea that you can dock on it and things on those lines, you forget how big the Normandy actually was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a a single person like piloted ship. Like <laughs> it was, uh, you had a whole crew, and so um, it makes sense that this would be on the scale of a freighter as opposed to just uh, a single man ship. Um, so with that, that is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's a, a big boost for No Man's Sky, uh, a game that has continued to find ways to you know update its game to um to live up to that vision and to then go beyond and now with uh this crossover it's absolutely cool because yeah i imagine there are a ton of people who love uh mass effect who have been playing no man's sky um i know you're constantly always talking about how you're just you want that space sci-fi kick like you like you're always trying to find ways to fill that void and like the sense going to kind of fill that for you um and you played all these other games uh with the the was it the rebel galaxies and things on those lines rebel galaxy outlaw galaxy returnal dead space just um still looking forward to to other space games that are coming out things like project calypso and you know, been playing No Man's Sky. Definitely going to get the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and play the entire trilogy the whole way through. Yeah, so I imagine there's a lot of like just crossover between those communities and this makes total sense. And uh, yeah, and it's just another positive thing that you can say about uh, Hello Games and what they've been able to do with No Man's Sky. Uh, how, where's your hype level at for the Normandy, especially being that you're, you fr- frequently go back and play No Man's Sky? Yeah, I mean, the, the hype isn't terribly high. I do want to get in there and get it because it's only going to be available until March 31st. So if you don't have it and you want it, you better get in there and get it. Uh, but the developer teases that there's going to be more surprises throughout the rest of the year. However, this is the one that's on the plate right now. And like I said, the hype, the hype isn't terribly high. I do think it's, it's really cool and it's extremely endearing. I love when developers give each other little winks and nods like this by including content from other people's games in their game. Like I believe Curse of the Dead Gods had a Dead Cells update where you get Dead Cells themed content to uncover and utilize within the Dungeons of Curse of the Dead Gods. So, you know, there's always, I mean, what, Kratos and what's her face? Aloy or in Fortnite, Fortnite getting everybody. Everybody's in Fortnite. (laughs) So like this kind of stuff is cool. This is the kind of camaraderie and, and homage that I like to see throughout the gaming industry, because at the end of the day, it's all fantasy. If you want to have these things or you want to use these things, you can feel free to, or you can ignore it and enjoy the game the way that it was intended. But, you know, for those of us who like this kind of stuff, for those of us who have gotten our fill out of a particular game and just want to spice it up a little, 
these are the kind of things that add that flavor. So it's it's cool. I'm gonna I might try if I could hook up with somebody. So if you're into No Man's Sky doing those expeditions, drop a line at my control issues on Twitter. Let a dub know when you're playing so I can hop on with you. Get this Normandy. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of, of the week. week. What you got, AMC? Okay. Well, I have uh, an update for Outriders, Adam. What? Outriders has hit 3.5 million players, concurrent players. So, or unique players. So this coming by way of gamesindustry.biz, Outriders reached 3.5 million unique players in its first month, April 1st to May 1st, 2021. Uh, Square Enix announced. Uh, let's see. Here's um, more in their announcement. That makes the title on track to become the company's next major franchise, according to what? Square Enix. John Brook, co-head of studio at Square Enix External Studios, added that players' average playtime is over 30 hours with extremely high engagement from cooperative play. Yep. So a couple of things here that I like about this story. One, um, people are gravitating to Outriders. There's this whole thing with it being on Xbox Game Pass and they're like, oh, it's going to eat into its sales. So what does that mean? (laughs) It debuted at number three on NPD last month. So for April. So yeah, not bad at all. Probably would have ended up a little bit higher. But then also it goes into the idea of um, how do you define success, especially in, in the current in the current generation, um, a lot of people will look at just straight up sales. Some people it's about engagement and um, you see that with like Fortnite and a lot of um, a story that we did last week with Ubisoft and their, their plans to make, to focus a little bit more on free to play. And then with that, the announcement of a free to play division. And you can see that uh, developers are just kind of figuring out new ways to um, see how they can build uh, new franchises outside of just that model of put out a game and try to sell as many units as possible. Um, how, how do you feel about like just that idea of how you define success now in modern gaming? Yeah, I mean, it's constantly shifting. I mean, Xbox stopped reporting console sales and started going with subscriber engagement. Uh, I mean, NPD doesn't count digital. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, success is different things for different people. I mean, games have different budgets, so a million sold for one game isn't necessarily the same for a game that had a bigger budget or a smaller budget. So there's no uniform measure, and it just depends on what the publisher and the the developer are going after. So as gamers and consumers, we're also going to have to become accustomed to different definitions of success. Like personally, I feel Square Enix deserved a win like this, considering what happened with uh, Marvel's Avengers, and just like they they've been they've been on the rocks a little bit. So it's nice to see Square riding the ship and getting back into open waters. So we'll see what happens with. Uh, damn, I forgot what that game is called. That that Project Athia. Now that it's been properly named, mm-hmm. oh, Forsworn. <laughs> or something yeah that game i want to see what that's going to do you know they have final fantasy 16 coming to ps5 for a little bit there's there's a rumor that there's going to be another exclusive final fantasy for playstation so square is making moves i want to see what those moves are and however they choose to define success i'm right there with them 
because they they know what they've been doing. They they grandfathers in this industry. Like uh, most of this industry is indebted to Square for the work and originality and creativity that they brought to the table. So you know, this, they're gonna slip, but most of the time they're gonna keep moving forward. Yeah, and yeah, as you pointed out, that's that's a big one. The uh, Avengers versus this, like Avengers, is a game that you almost like just based off of the success of Spider-Man, you would assume the Avengers is just going to immediately be like a big seller, no matter what, like even with the controversy of what is it? Uh, Star Wars battlefront two, you still see it as like one of its top selling as, as far as the uh, Star Wars franchise, one of the top selling games within the, just all of all the Star Wars games that have been released over all the years. And just to, you know, to hear the kind of lukewarm reception to the Avengers, it was a, it was a little, you know, it was a little upsetting and people will then always point to like, Oh, there we go. Live service. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like, why it failed. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, why everything will always fail. Yeah. And then you see a game like outriders come out and it's a game that definitely, they did the smart thing of you can totally play it solo, but then it's a game that, can benefit from cooperative play and to see that there's a high engagement with co-op play shows that um it's a game that is still there's still room out there for these big multiplayer um live service style of games and like there's not this idea that there can only be one because gta is out there or D- Destiny's out there like no other games can come out there and so to for square to be able to find success here and to see like Ubisoft try to go this route and try to find a game that'll also be cemented within this space. Um, yeah, I think it's people need to kind of like back up when they're quick to j- jump to assumptions of, oh, like this is bad for the industry and for gaming moving forward. <laughs> it's anti-consumer. The other thing that I liked in the uh, the story was the fact that it said the average the average user has put in about 30 hours into Outriders and knowing that it took you uh, roughly what, like 24 hours or so to beat Returnal and all those people saying that, you know, they just not enough time in the day <laughs> to play yeah. Returnal. And we're seeing that clearly with this game, Outriders. And as we mentioned in the past, there's all these online games that people put hundreds of hours into. And yet when Returnal comes out, suddenly people have no time to play video games. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just uh, I I like to kind of bring these comparisons to just show the bullshit that we hear and have to deal with. <laughs> and to my understanding, like what is what is that game? Uh, Outriders, the missions aren't short. <laughs> <laughs> like you're playing for at least a good half hour, so you, you mean tell me you're playing thirty minutes every day? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. 3.5 million people playing Outriders and nobody complaining about time management. Yeah. <laughs> nobody complaining about going to the gym and having a child when yeah. Outriders is on the table. <laughs> about to get a franchise. Returnal comes out. I, I can't play a game for an hour. What is yeah. this? <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Returnal did not deserve the reception it received from the consumers. All yeah. for a, a feature that was blown entirely out of yeah, <laughs> by people who just did not understand how it worked. But yeah. whatever, that's in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. I got a I got a little quick hit for you. Uh, it's been broken that Time Splitter Studio Free Radical has been reformed to make a new entry at last. Finally. <laughs> yeah. So 
The studio is going to serve as a subsidiary of Deep Silver, and they'll finally be able to confirm that the studio has been formed and that they have a plan for the next time Splitters game. Uh, while they cannot tell us anything more at the moment, they look forward to sharing information in the future. AMC, have you ever played Time Splitters? Yeah, I believe I played it on, what was it, on PS2? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely owned it. Um, if I remember correctly, weren't these like kind of like a cast-offs or like people who left Rare and then ended up working on this game? It, it's been so long, but I remember I really, I really enjoyed Time Splitters uh, at the time. It was, it was great. Um I don't remember much about it, to be honest, uh, but I do remember having a really good time playing it. And this, over the years, people basically always constantly saying, like, they need to bring back this franchise. Yeah, Where yeah, are we yeah, going to yeah. get another time splitter? Yeah. <laughs> How can I split my time between yeah. all these games? <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's great. Uh, I know, like, THQ Nordic has, like, uh, done a good job of just revitalizing old franchises. And so it's, it's just great to see, like, other developers, like, kind of jumping on this idea of bringing back just like th these franchises that are quote unquote dead that people still love and want to see a return. And uh, yeah. So to see times players come back, hopefully it comes back in the form that we remember it. And, but you know, with all the updates of current gen, I feel like I remember seeing E single playing this and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I never got into it personally, but it, it, it wasn't like it looked like something that I didn't want to play. It was just, I know it just didn't grab me. So I'd be interested to see what a modern time splitters looks like and how that'll play. Uh, yeah. So best of luck to the team, former rare guys, the four dudes. What are their names? We got, we got Steve Ellis, David Doick. We got Carl Kilton and we got Graham Norgate. Yeah. They had a part of rare. They worked on games like GoldenEye. Now they're working on time splitters. So that's a little blast from the past for those of us with these new consoles to look forward to, especially the AMC being formally inducted into the new gen. Oh, yes. Uh, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so let's get to our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. 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 Um, you know, let's just get into that big one, A-Dub. Um, uh... <laughs> So uh, Overwatch, we got some Overwatch news this week. Yes, we do. Um, do you want to lead off with the, uh, the the controversial announcement for Overwatch 2? I, I will be delighted to. Okay. So in this week's live stream of Overwatch 2, we got treated to a bunch of new information and a bunch of new sites to behold within the Overwatch world to look forward to when this eventually is released to players. Uh, the multiplayer will be for free for people who already own Overwatch and it will, you'll have to pay for the single player content that's coming to the game. But since the multiplayer is going to be what everyone's going to be playing, it's important to note that there have been some changes. One in particular might rub a few people the wrong way, depending on your position within the pro gamer sphere. Overwatch two is shrinking its PVP teams from six players 
what 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 <laughs> crazy yes yeah, so no more 6v6 pvp instead it will be 5v5 the way that this is manifesting specifically is that there will no longer be two tank roles on a team there will only be one amc hit them with the deeds yeah so it'll be one tank two damage two support um so yeah this is this isn't just a uh you know just we're just gonna this is more of an addition by subtraction situation is how i would set it up because if you're just looking at it as like oh all they did was just take away something from the game we you know we always hear whenever there are these updates like you're taking away content or whatever um you're, you're reducing the value yeah you're reducing the value of the game blah 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 but um you know what they had a whole live stream with the uh, developers and i will say this what overwatch has done really well um as much as like blizzard uh, people would like to like now paint blizzard to be this company that is um now in the shadow of activision and just you know suiting up and getting less engaged with their community and focusing on the on the on the bottom line and all that good stuff. yeah <laughs> uh, overwatch has always done a great job of uh communicating their changes to the community and just you know showing that they are very much um a part of their game and not just you know just looking at it through a sign of dollars and cents and so whenever they have these changes they do a great job of explaining them and so as i say addition by subtraction there are a lot of changes that are coming to this and this specifically being in forms of changes to the characters and that being the tanks and so here are a couple of the differences that you know the buffs that will be applied to the uh the tanks in the game so zarya zarya will now have two charges for her bubble so in the Ooh. past, you know, tanks are known for being the defensive character. They provide um, support defensively for all the characters, typically by shields. And they also have the highest hit points so they can take the most damage. So they're kind of the focus of the enemy while the damage characters uh, stand off to the side, handle their handle their handle their business and the support characters keep everybody alive. Um, now what they're doing is they're actually one making the uh, the tank stronger, but also giving them some attacks. So with Zarya, she has a second bubble. So now she's taking more damage. The thing with the bubble is that the bubble, as it's absorbing damage, is also building damage in her attack. And so when you bring out that stream, you'll have it a lot longer, which is great. So now it's not specifically defensive. It's also adding to her attack. Winston. Winston is now getting a new charged lightning blast that shoots a single bolt. So this, what's great about this is it's giving him a little more range. So with Winston, he had his lightning, which was great because you didn't have to focus on any character and it would just start zapping everybody. Mm -hmm. The problem with it was the range. And so if people tried to get away from Winston, the only way you could really stay on top of them was that leap. But now instead of having to leap after them, he has this charged blast. So you can start zapping dudes, get in their grill, sock them up. And then as they try to <laughs> run away to survive, you can hit them in the back with that blast mm -hmm. take them out so now they can't run away from winston reinhardt update reinhardt he is getting so reinhardt has now has a second use for his fire strike ability um which is right the fire strike that's that uppercut that sends the, the fire wave exactly so reinhardt has also gotten more control so with that he now can basically uh attack twice with it um Ooh. so as opposed, to it was just one big blast. Now you can you can come twice with it. On top of that, Reinhardt has gotten more control over his charge. 
and which means that he can now make tighter turns. What? Yeah. So that means you'll have a better shot of pinning people, which we know if you pin any damage character or any support character to the wall, they're pretty much done. So you'll now have more control if they try to dodge to the side. <laughs> Just clean them up with that finishing swipe. And then A-Dub, if you happen to miss with that charge, you now have the ability to cancel mid-charge. So if you miss them, it's now you're not just taken off in one direction with nothing to do. You can now cancel mid-charge. Also, on top of that, um, what's great is you can now attack. So what you can do with that whole cancel mid-charge thing is say you have your ultimate, which is that that uh, Earth Shatter, you can now charge in cancel as you're getting in front of the enemy and then unleash your ultimate so it's a way to quickly get into the into combat and then release an ultimate so you know there's going to be ways to combo up um the the charge for reinhardt that you weren't able to use before which is great so he's just as you can see they're all getting stronger diva her defense matrix can now block more damage which was the bane of uh who's it farah if she released that 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 missile attack you yeah. go that defense matrix you're just absorbing everything well now the defense matrix can block even more damage which makes diva an even stronger um i guess defense support as opposed to you know in the past like diva would often get used as more of a damage type character but damage now she's type like, of battering ram exactly so now she can provide uh she can provide more of a shield uh for that so yeah um on top of that they also announced um additions to the characters sorry finding the notes so furthermore each class will now also receive new passive abilities um, what? to complement their abilities so tanks now they have a knockback reduction um so can't just knock me off the edge no more amc exactly so now lucio can't just sneak up on your bitch ass from behind and just like push you off the side as easily you have to be like right on the edge uh if lucio wants to knock you off now and Um, then at the same token you have characters like reinhardt where they won't get knocked as far so they can use that charge to get back on land and aim and aim it and pin you (laughs) exactly exactly you ain't running up on that tank and yeah, like with Winston, that's a character that needs to be closer for that attack. Um, when you knock him back, it's not you're not going to go nearly as far with Winston, which means you'll always be within striking range, which is great. Uh, another bonus for the tanks is there's a reduce on the ultimate charge gain um, while enemies are attacking you. So they show an example of that in Overwatch 1, uh, they show Tracer unloading into, I believe, Roadhog. And she basically did, she unloaded two full clips into Roadhog and it built up 40% ultimate. Um, whereas in Overwatch 2, she unloaded two clips into Roadhog and it was only 20%. So basically it half the amount of ultimate charge gain um, when you're attacking a, a tank character. So and you can't just sit there and pick on them. Yeah, because they're such big targets. That's just free ultimate charge. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, you just chip them, chip them, chip them, ultimate. Chip them, chip them, chip them, ultimate. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. So damage heroes, they'll also be getting a movement bonus. And they showed that with, they showed Genji running alongside, I believe, like a Mercy. And um, he's kind of just taken off, like, um, 
how you would see like Steve Rogers running alongside a human. <laughs> mm. um, and then support characters. Now they will self heal if they go a, an extended period of time without taking damage. There so just giving is. them a little more survivability. There um, it is. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, like, uh, and then they also announced on top of that, they will be, uh, they revealed a new map, which will be Monte Carlo. Uh, I'll get into some of the details and then we'll get back to that whole 5v5 situation. So Assault will now be removed from competitive play. Uh, in case you're wondering what Assault was, it's, Assault was basically control. So attacking teams will have a set time to capture a point while defending team must stop them or, or defend the point. The two teams will switch off. And um, basically that was, if you're the defending team, you start at this one point, the attacking team comes in, they're trying to knock you off the point and then hold down that point for a certain period of time. Then they capture it and then they have to go and then capture uh, another point after that. I guess uh, Blizzard had noticed that, you know, this, this mode wasn't great for competitive play. And so they decided just all together to remove it from quick play as an option. So it's, once again, they're not taking away content from you because it will still be available in the custom uh, in the custom setting. So you can still, you know, do uh, custom matches with uh, assault as an option, but it just won't be available for quick play or competitive. Um, so that's everything that I have so far that they announced uh, this weekend, which is a ton of information. But yeah, let's get back into that five v five thing, Ada, because shortly after this, you know, there was a lot of announcements with. Um, you want, to, you want to get into it? I believe it was one of your stories, Dev. Yeah, so as I alluded to a little earlier, the pro gamers aren't too happy about this change. Uh, one pro player, I believe he was Vancouver Titans tank player, Ford, Ford winner? There's no vowels. I don't know how to say this. <laughs> says, unbelievably disrespectful to make this decision and completely remove a role that people gave up years of their lives to achieve. Not all your favorite tank players would disappear, but lots will. And not once were pro players made aware of this or asked on their philosophies. Another pro player by the name of Poco on Twitter says, any fellow tank players scared for their job. So as we told you guys, they're moving the tank position from two per match to one per match in order to make the matches 5v5. So pro players are seeing this as people losing their jobs. At the same token, all the changes to the tank class are making pro players a little wary because not only do some of them have to worry about their jobs, but now they have to relearn their position all over again due to how heavily it was altered. Anything to add, AMC? No, I mean, um, it's what's interesting here is like, it's not often when you hear about a change in a game being something that is going to affect the esport more than just, you know, the average gamer. And so usually when you're covering everything and you hear like all the negative reaction, it's from like just the gamers, like, oh, how dare they? Yada, yada. But this is interesting because it's from people with jobs <laughs> that are yeah. on the line. Um, yeah, depend and, on this game for a livelihood. Yeah. And it, it does bring up an interesting debate because is Overwatch, are the developers, I guess, are they beholden to the uh, professional players as opposed to are they beholden to the product um, because it doesn't like when they went over everything and they explained everything, it makes perfect sense. And you even see a lot of the decisions that were made were with competitive in mind, how I mentioned how they took out, you know, assault as uh, a quick play option because they just realized in competitive, it wasn't really working. Um, 
they were looking at just tanks. And I know that they mentioned, and I had heard this on other shows that, you know, there was just, there was a longer queue for matches because people didn't want to be tanks. Everybody wants to be damaged. And if not that, then they'll settle on support. And so then you kind of have somebody who's in essence, settling for that second tank role on a team. Um, and so, yeah, it was affecting the queues and, or well, the other thing that would happen is people would choose tank because they didn't want to wait in a longer queue to be damaged because there were so many people who wanted to be damaged. And mm-hmm. so there's just this whole issue with queuing up matches in order to, um, because of this uh, second tank character. And, you know, if people don't want to be a tank character, but then they're settling on it because they don't want to wait as long for another class, it's just affecting everything. And you have a person who's now playing tank who doesn't want to necessarily be tank. And I guess that brings to mind um, when it comes to the eSport, is there like, were both tank characters of equal value or was it that one person wasn't as good of a tank and so they were kind of like well we need a second tank and so now we have to hire this other guy who will be kind of be one one b in this situation as opposed to the one a tank character um and so yeah it's uh i mean how do you feel about this idea of um the developer or the product having to keep in mind people who are making livelihoods off of the game (laughs) well i mean the game and anybody correct me if I'm wrong, but to my understanding, the game wasn't made to be an esport. It wasn't made to satisfy the demand of pro gamers. It just became an esport over time. And at the end of the day, it's still a game. It still has to sell. It still has to do new and original things. It still has to be balanced. It still has to be tweaked in order to attract new players and to continue to make the game fun over the long-term life of the product. So no, I don't think the developers are beholden to the pro players. I do think that they could at least give them a heads up that these things are going to happen. But at the same token, it's as a pro player, what's your plan B? Like, did you think that you were just going to be playing Overwatch for the rest of your life? Like, what what was the fallback plan if this doesn't work out or if there's a better player that replaces you on the team? Like, this, I mean, we see this a lot in in professional sports, we see this a lot in regular careers where a new innovation or just something changes with the workflow of what people do and suddenly certain roles are no longer necessary and there are layoffs and then there are firings. So it isn't like they're being hit with something that's out of the ordinary for any professional field. So I just feel like, yeah, it's sad for them that some of them might end up losing their jobs and that others are just going to have to take time to get reacclimated to the characters. But this isn't Overwatch. This is Overwatch 2. You knew a new game was coming. With the new game comes new things. Like if, if tomorrow the, the commissioner of the NBA announced that NBA 2 was coming out, this time with more contact, like that's going to change the game significantly. <laughs> so I just, I feel like, the developers could have done a little more to include the pro players, but I don't think that they owed them any special consideration or anything to protect their, to protect their careers because it's like you play the game. You're just really good at it. The game is not designed for you to be able to play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And you look at it, it's, as you mentioned, it's overwatch two and I'm sure blizzard or the developers, they had to like when they were first just coming up with the concept of Overwatch 2, 
it's, well, what does that mean? Is it more of the same? And we just add in, you know, some single player content to try to get people to buy a, a second version of this game or yeah, do the we, water. Yeah. Or do we do something that like kind of revitalizes the franchise? And that's the way I look at it overall, because you're thinking about they're trying to make overwatch still viable now for a completely new console generation. You think about it. We had overwatch pretty much all of last gen for and, like five years. Yeah, Didn't it come out in 2016. Yeah, exactly. And people the people who were playing it were still playing it and people fell off and they want to try to get those people who might have left or possibly new people that didn't play the first overwatch to to now come into that franchise to step in uh to the arena and so they look (laughs) at it and the way i look at it is if you're losing say if you're possibly looking at the uh at the possibilities of losing a player base well everybody's going to be out of a job then because mm-hmm. now you just have this game that only the legacy people, the people who play StarCraft, like who still play StarCraft like 10 years now, those are the only people who are still playing that game. You're not getting like a ton of new people who are going back and buying a game that's 10 years old. Um, the game's not in. remaining relevant. Exactly. And so they had to figure out a way to make this game relevant for a new audience. And if you think about it, so addition by subtraction, you take away, yeah, unfortunately, you lose uh, uh, you lose an extra player. So now the teams are smaller, but then you have all these new people who are now coming in to play this game. And then also, I think there is this thing, the whole idea behind like, you know, noob culture or whatever noobs and it's like you have these people who have been playing this game forever new people come in don't know what the hell they're doing and then people are like ah oh, you suck you're just like go back to playing your own game we all know how to play this game we've been playing it for Feel decades casual. yeah and so by changing up characters uh it forces it kind of evens the playing field again because now everybody has to relearn how to play the game and relearn the new dynamics of 5v5 and thing along those lines so it's it's a way to give it a fresh start, but still uh, with a game that's somewhat familiar to everybody, a world that's still familiar, characters are still familiar. They just now handle a little differently. Um, so I think it's, I've always applauded Blizzard and the way that they've tinkered with Overwatch to make it a better experience. As they said, like when the game first started out, everybody, you could you could basically have a team of all duplicates. Everybody's playing as Roadhog. Everybody's playing as Junkrat. Yada, yada, and they realize nothing, that, nothing but hooks. Yeah, and they realize like, oh, there's nobody's playing support or nobody's playing tank and we want these roles because it will just add to the overall experience of the game to make the, uh, you know, just make the game, the quality of the game a lot better. And the way that they've tinkered with it, I felt like I've always improved it uh, down, like, down the line. And so I think that this is one that I think will overall be a, a benefit to Overwatch 2. It's unfortunate for those gamers that rely on it for a living, but, you know, sucks to be what, unfortunately. What were they doing with the money? A lot yeah. of those guys <laughs> are like teenagers, early 20s. You're getting paid 50, 60 grand. Like, I, I work... 10 years to break that barrier <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and like geez like i finally got an apartment and i'm trying to save a little money but i mean if you live with your parents <laughs> and you you're like you're still in school where did all the money go and you get prize money they're paying for everything <laughs> and uh, the other the other point i would throw on top of all that too is that i remember when um the overwatch league started you know people were getting benefits and all that good stuff like it was it was a big deal um but i 
also remember there are stories coming out where there are certain there are certain people who were great at Overwatch who didn't join the league, like better than the league players. And because for them, they were actually making more money as an influencer playing Overwatch mm-hmm. as opposed to being on a professional team. So the whole point that I'm making here is that there is still a way for these people to make money on Overwatch outside of the league if, say, they can't get on a team. If they're good enough, they could still play online, be an influencer, and just still you know, fuck people up as a tank online or whatever, or just running tutorials. So, you know, it's one, it's one avenue of income that's been cut off, but there's still ways to make money off of Overwatch outside of being in the pro league. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, top, top topic of the week. You got it. Do I now? Mm-hmm. A little quick hit, a little fun one for those of you still holding on to your original Xboxes. We got a 20-year-old Easter egg that was discovered in the original Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) Kotaku received a tip from a developer who worked on the original Xbox. Uh, They explained how to trigger the secret, which displays a credit scene listing those who worked on the Xbox dashboard. Kotaku tested it, and it worked. To access this Easter egg, all you got to do is go to music, insert an audio CD, and on the audio CD screen, select copy, then click copy again, then choose new soundtrack. It will then ask you to rename the soundtrack title, which you need to rename Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Timmy with 26 Ys <laughs> and an exclamation point. <laughs> so once the console finishes copying the tracks, head back to the main menu on the console's dashboard, click on settings, then system info. A new screen listing will appear that was not previously there, and it contains a list of four members that were part of the Xbox dashboard team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in no rush to do this. AMC, how does this change your life, if at all? And not at all. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is always funny when people like... Like, I wonder how it is for developers if, like, a certain, if they put in an Easter egg and then nobody discovers it, if they're kind of like, I'm gonna just leak this shit. <laughs> like, or if it's something where, like, maybe one day somebody will, like, stumble across this and it'll be absolutely awesome. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it, I, I didn't own the original Xbox. I believe my, my little brother did own it. So I, I played it. He, like, modded it and then, uh, <laughs> or like somebody, like, like, you know another family member moderated because he was like a little kid at that point yeah. and I, like there are all types of issues after that thing got moderated where it just uh, it just didn't work <laughs> that's why you accept things as they are yeah <laughs> don't try to fuck with shit people spend billions of dollars to put together in a specific way but yeah it's like oh i can i can mod this for you now you can have all the games and it's like none of the games work anymore on now it. i got none of the games <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah um yeah, that was a that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I, this is is interesting. It's kind of funny that like they got it now, and it's even funnier because it's kind of uh, it's an Easter egg of the time because I'm sure that was like Timmy Timmy at its height. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, the thing thing I'm wondering is like how many people got just shockingly close to uncovering that. Like, what if they put 25 Y's or 27, <laughs> or they left out the exclamation point, or they added an extra M? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how many people were just this close? <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, Jimmy, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I missed South Park. I can't wait for it to come back. 
And then Timmy, Timmy had the fight with the other kid who had yeah. the walker. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, man. they always got into their their little conflicts, <laughs> <laughs> but they love each other. They're very good friends. Yeah, yeah that, that's very endearing. I expect of this show. <laughs> Oh, but let's man. get to our next topic of the week. Top, top, topic, topic of, of the week. week. Uh, this will be my last one, A-Dub. Um, oh. You know what? This is a game that you played, A-Dub, but I got notes for it. I'll be playing games. Yeah. Uh, last of Us 2 is getting a performance patch. Yes, it is. So um, once patch 1.08, this is by way of the uh, PlayStation blog, by the way. So once patch 1.08 for The Last of Us Part 2 is installed on your PS5, you will find a toggle in the display options that allows you to choose between a frame rate target of 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second. Ooh, that butter. (laughs) Yes. This allows you to choose your preferred frame rate to complement the rest of the enhancements that are part of the PS5 backward compatibility with PS4 games, such as an enhanced resolution, faster load times, and more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had already seen, I believe you had like mentioned like months ago that there people had noticed that there are already uh, enhancements for The Last of Us Part Two without like any official announcement. Um, uh, on the PS5, and now on top of those enhancements, you will now also be able to play with 60 frames per second. Yes, and in addition to that, you also get improved haptic feedback from the DualSense controller. What? So, this was revealed by one of the developers who worked on The Last of Us 2, saying that a while back they also improved the haptics for the game. Uh, a, a problem that's been pretty prevalent with playing backward compatible games on the PS5 is that because the rumble in the DualShock 4 and the haptics in the DS5 are so different, you're not getting the same kind of feedback from PS4 games on your DualSense than you would if you played those backward compatible games with the DualShock 4. But for The Last of Us Part 2, Naughty Dog has been able to make that, that difference, that gap a lot tighter. So it's... There's a Twitter thread out there, and if you want to go find it, you can find it. But you know, they they figured out a means to approximate the feel of the two motors in the DualShock Four to the various haptics within the DualSense to give you a a better improved feedback when playing The Last of Us Two. You know, um, I'll, I'll pose this as a question to you with a little build up. Um, you know, there's yeah, been. Yes, uh, there's always been all this talk about, you know, like, uh, like value, <laughs> especially with like Sony and like games being $70, like, oh, like the value it's going, I'm getting charged more, I'm losing value because they're taking out things from my games, blah, blah, blah. But we see like an in instance right here where due to um, Sony now embracing backwards compatibility, we're seeing now these performance enhancements. And I guess my question is, do you think that will, because of this, we will see, um, a decline in like you know in these remasters because like remember like uh the ps3 there was the last of us and then shortly after because it came out towards the end of the ps3 life cycle there was a ps4 version which is basically the last of us remastered on the ps4 well now with all these ha- enhancements they don't have to you know just release this for people to buy again on a newer console um so would you see now a possibility of you know less remasters moving forward uh, I mean, yeah, just because there's backward compatibility on the PS4, that wasn't an 
I mean, of PS4 games on the PS5. That wasn't an option last gen, so remasters were the only way we could go. However, now, especially with Naughty Dog being able to implement this kind of update without creating an entire PlayStation 5 version of the game, which would require you to start from scratch since you wouldn't be able to use your save. You know, this this just opens the door for more. So hopefully we see similar support once Biomutant eventually gets updated for next-gen consoles. I mean, right now you can run it BC, but, you know, if, if the game does well enough, the developer is open to making discrete versions for next-gen. So we'll see what happens with that. But this does give hope that we'll see less remasters and more just, hey, here's a patch. It's better now. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're going to do it, you might as well at this point do like a remake or if you're going to do a remaster it's going to have to come with like you know like some extra content that just wasn't available in the in the original game which um, is typical of a remaster because in addition to something like a frame rate bump you would also get visual enhancements which we're not getting with this patch for the last of us too it's just a frame rate bump but it's free patch so stop your belly vision mm-hmm Let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Well, I guess I'm going to go go for the big one today. Yes, <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Let's bust it out. So as some of you may have heard, may have read, may have seen, there's a lot of talk going around about Microsoft and Bethesda. Uh, primarily, let me just get a little quick hit in. So... We've gotten news with EA, with E3 right around the corner that Bethesda and Microsoft are going to have a joint conference at E3. So this is stimulating a lot of talk and speculation about Bethesda's upcoming game, Starfield. Now, along with all the speculation, we got a pretty definitive statement from reporter Jeff Grubb, who tweeted, Starfield is exclusive to Xbox and PC, period. Period. No question. No question. So as you can imagine, this got the internet in a tizzy. And we got Troll of the Week. Troll Troll of the Week. week. Troll Troll of the Week. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. So, yeah, today's trolls are coming out sideways from every which way. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's not even a left or right situation. It's every angle that can be come at from a sideways approach. Everybody coming. <laughs> we got we got PlayStation folks, we got Xbox folks, we got Nintendo folks, we got PC folks, we got people who don't play games. We, we got everybody got their two cents about this information. So first troll says, Sony fans suddenly all have a decent gaming PC. Oh, so that's, in <laughs> that's in response to the sentiment that oh, well, I still don't need an Xbox to play and I can just get Game Pass on my PC. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, I should see. Next show says, I guess I'm throwing the PS5 in the trash. Microsoft won. <laughs> well, make sure that you tweet out your address because I'm sure some deserving gamer would love to pick up that PS5 that you just so haphazardly wasted and they'll love it instead. Next troll says, can't wait for all the Sony cultists to say Bethesda is the worst developer and have never made a good game. Cultists. (laughs) Cultists. So as you know, with what typically happened in the past, whenever 
games that we expect to be multi-platform have been claimed as exclusive by one publisher or another, suddenly there's this revisionist history. Well, well, that game, that game was never good. The developer's trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like, for instance, when, uh, when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out, and suddenly people, Ah, well, but we got Uncharted. We don't need Tomb Raiders. There's no room for another Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> and all those arguments. Next troll says, R.I.P. PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, pretending as if people on all sides of the ball weren't hating on, quote unquote, Bug Festa and their buggy, janky games. <laughs> Suddenly, PlayStation not getting it is, is the death blow. Yeah. Also, it's, it's one game. <laughs> well, I mean, Elder Scrolls 6 as well. That's a big one. Who knows what's going on with Fallout 5? But they're saying they're saying the announcement for Starfield is yeah. enough to be R.I.P. PlayStation. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Next troll says, here's where the fanboys change their stance to. <clears throat> I was never interested in that game anyway. And Elder Scrolls has always been trash. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Next show says, I have nothing but sincere sympathy and compassion for PlayStation 5 fanboys or anyone who doesn't have Game Pass for that matter. When I encounter these people in public speaking about their PS5s, I approach them. I gently put a palm on each of their cheeks and kiss them on their forehead, a teardrop running down my face, consumed with guilt for not spreading the almighty gospel of Game Pass sooner. <laughs> We got a literary troll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautifully written, moving, riveting tale. <laughs> Next troll says, not like there's any PS5s to play it on anyways. Fastest selling, fastest selling console. <laughs> <laughs> AMC got one. Yeah. A-Dub got one. Yeah. RIP PlayStation, and yet you can't get a hold of one because they are flying off the shelves. <laughs> Too bad nobody has one. Got one. <laughs> Next show says, this will sell 10 times more than Wretched and Clunk and whatever else Sony has in their sewer line. Well, you know, I wretched. <laughs> wretched. I wish Microsoft would put out a rival, a rival franchise called Wretched and Clunk. Like if Microsoft had like a mad video game where like they like made fun of like PlayStation games, like spoofed them. <laughs> have like a have like a, a pack of games and it's just spoofs. Yeah. <laughs> coming out the sewer line. Well, I mean, you got Ratchet and Clank coming up next month. Got Horizon Forbidden West coming out probably in the next year or so. We got God of War Ragnarok recently confirmed to be PS5 only. So there goes the people who getting on Jeff Ryan's back about generations. Still got Gran Turismo 7 somewhere in the mix. You know, we got the announcement that PlayStation Studios has about a couple dozen games in the works. It's got Final Fantasy 16 coming. We got Forsworn coming. Oh my God. Next troll says, and it'll still be buggy as hell that the community will have to patch it up like usually. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Ignore all those grammar errors. <laughs> Oh yeah, hey, it probably will. All I know is Bethesda games have gotten increasingly better launch quality with each successive entry. So I think Starfield might be in a good place, especially with these new consoles having even more RAM than last gen's consoles, which should put that memory leak issue, if it manages to persist, into distant memory. Last troll says, oh no, I won't be able to get stuck on a pebble and be forced to reset the game, losing progress. Shame. 
Yeah. <laughs> what you know about that geometry? <laughs> <laughs> Too close oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, not a lot of commentary for these trolls because it all boils down to the same point that nobody seems to be accepting at this juncture. Jeff Grubb does not work for Microsoft and does not work for Bethesda. Therefore, Jeff Grubb is not in any position to confirm any information until they do it as well. Since Microsoft and Bethesda have neither confirmed nor denied this rumor, which it is a rumor, take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you got your boy Jason Shearer coming out saying that the majority of the mostly false rumors are being spread internally by Microsoft. <laughs> so uh, uh, they're, 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 they're releasing uh, fake news on their own. <laughs> releasing fake news, stimulating stimulating the discussion, traffic and clicks. So it's, it's a lot of crosstalk going on. Ultimately, it's all just rumors. So nobody needs to be saying one thing or other until Microsoft and Bethesda come out and clarify exactly what's going on. Hopefully, that's exactly what they do come E3 when they have their joint conference. Chill a little week. Chill a little week. I can't wait for E3. I, I'm hoping that kind of all this shit can be put to bed. <laughs> it, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> it won't. Everybody's just going to start jumping on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll tell you what it really means. <laughs> Oh man, can you imagine the uproar if they take that stage and announce the game as multi-platform? <laughs> I know. And I mean, and they very much could do that because for as we said with Xbox or with Microsoft, for them it's the value is the most important thing. And so they're just like, yeah, we'll put it on every other console. But if you have Game Pass, you can get this day one for like yeah. 15 bucks and yeah. yada, yada, yada. So already and, included. And, you already got it. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then if you want to get it on PlayStation, if anything, they could go, they could go multi-platform. And by the way, it's $100 on PlayStation. <laughs> so if you really want it, you got to yeah. give us $100. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I, they, could, they could do, they could, they could fuck with people in many ways that they want where you could be getting what you want. Like, oh yeah, it's multi-platform, but you're going to be either paying top dollar or they could just, you know, you know, exclusive content for Xbox, things along those lines. They could, they could figure out ways to incentivize people to still want to come over to Xbox without, or to come over, yeah, to Xbox without having to, you know, make it exclusive to xbox yeah so there there's still a lot up in the air as much as people would like you to think otherwise and we just want people to maintain cool heads until we get something definitive in the worst case scenario as phil spencer himself said with the games that they got through the acquisition at at the very least or at least the philosophy that they're approaching them with is that they want them either first or best on xbox so even if something is multi-platform, you can still rest assured and justify your purchase of your preferred box in knowing that if you have an Xbox, you're getting the best version of the game anyways. So you're like, ah, I got 4K 120, what you got? You ain't got nothing. You yeah. nothing. Show me ain't what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Let's get to our next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of the week you got all the final stories close that i do uh pretty major one people have been asking about this for a while and now we got some information 
GTA 5 and GTA Online will be getting upgraded versions for PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series family of consoles. On top of that, these upgraded versions will be arriving in November on the Damn. Damn. Is it just going to continue, Dev? It's just going (laughs) to continue. I mean, hopefully we get a GTA 6 at some point. We we got Red Dead Redemption 2 like three years ago. So hopefully GTA 6 is in the pipeline because I need it. Other than that, at least I know that if I want to dabble, I might have to pony up and get that GTA 5 on the new console. It all depends on the upgrades that they're going to bring to the table. I don't believe they said much about that. The only thing they did say is that GTA Online is going to be free. So I'm guessing since they didn't say the same about GTA 5, that we might have to buy that separate version. And don't get me wrong, your boy A-Dub is down for a triple dip if absolutely necessary. So we'll see what happens. AMC, how do you feel about this? I mean... It's absolutely insane that this game could continue to just be the bestseller over three console generations. <laughs> do you think it could hit 200 million? I, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. It's not a question. Because um, I, I think people, I think as much as people would like to believe like, oh, online is doing so well. So that means like single player. Like I think people actually buy GTA Online and you know get an itch to go and play that single player content. So I could totally see like units still moving for the game outside of you know just online. I, like if anything, they would have just released this solely as you know just GTA Online and not even like giving a shit about the 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 single player content. But the fact that they are going out of their way to you know put both out i think um it shows that they still have belief in you know that that part of the product and i'm 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 very hopeful that we get a gta 6 i mean they have to release another game and um even with all the uh the criticisms of whatever red did it's still like sold very well i believe it was like Mm -hmm. 37 million or something along those lines yeah um and so with that like they got to have another single player game coming out. And if you're just going by the laws of like cycles and how they release games, uh, GTA is in line unless, you know, they decide to hit us with, uh, you know, they, they decide to make a dubs dreams come true. And they, mm-hmm. give us, they finally give us agent. <laughs> give or, us agent. Give us an open world sci-fi adventure. Yes. Um, uh, and then there's always the people who want another bully to see bully come back in some form. So who knows? Kane is Kanem. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they have plenty of options, but I imagine that we don't go this entire console generation without getting another GTA game. <laughs> Get another Rockstar masterpiece. God, yeah. I hope it's on the level or better than Red Dead 2 because Red Dead 2 just hit a new height, not for open world games alone but just games in general just from the visuals to the dynamism of the world itself to how alive and lifelike it was with the critters running around with the random events it was just just the way you never really did the same things twice even though you would encounter similar situations as you're doing stuff plus there was just such a breadth of activities and things that you could partake in. It was a straight up Western simulator, like nothing this world has ever seen. So hopefully that technological know-how and attention to detail makes it over to to Rockstar North and into the GTA franchise, because I believe that GTA could tremendously benefit 
from something like that. And let, let's get that driving more realistic again. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, like, so they put such an emphasis, as you were pointing out, in NPCs being a very important part of um, Red Dead Redemption. And now to now you have an even stronger, much more powerful, infinitely more powerful console coming out. And a game where you're in a city as populated as GTA, you can scale all that up. But now with an entire population of people, that shit could just be out of control as far as some of the uh just the, the scenarios that you could just come across from a dude that's just walking down the street as opposed to in the past where it's either he's going to pull a gun on you or you're just going to beat him up and take his cash <laughs> i mean given the events that have transpired in north america since the release of gta 5 and redemption <laughs> like jesus man it's there's so much material they can work with they could put in protest mechanics they can put in just police shootings like crazy. It could be a, it could be just the, the dirtiest mirror held up to just the American ideal that we've ever seen, and it'll be the biggest game ever released. Ever, ever. Like they could really dial up the racism. Like you could mess around, go in the forest, and happen upon a militia. <laughs> yeah, do you think that there is a? A too far that they could go you know just with the fact that like everything is so polarized like now as as much as it's been in the past but even even more so intensified do you think that there's a too far that they could go with that where they might be like oh they're they're now pissing off this type of gamer or they're now pissing off this group <laughs> i think they could go too far if they stray too closely to to replicating the exact details of real world events like, yeah, you could show the the police brutality, people filming with their cameras and things like that. You can show the racism, you can show the protests, you can show the militias, you can show the pandemic, you can show the mass. But once you like really start doing things that depict situations that are still fresh in our minds, that are still hot button issues, that's when things get a little touchy. Like I remember when GTA 3 was almost done, it was right before 9-11 happened. And they had the Twin Towers in GTA 3. They took that out. Uh, I believe they also had like planes and things that you could fly. They took that out. I think they had children. They took that out. So they're they're very cognizant of what goes on in the world and they know how to they know how to walk along that tightrope in order to just push the button enough, but not too much to break it. So I have full confidence in Rockstar, but I do, I desperately need them to at least approximate the more touchy situations that have happened over the years since the last GTA has come out because things got really ugly. And unfortunately, a lot of people out there are either turning a blind eye or just trying to, to brush things under the rug. And I feel like something like Grand Theft Auto is a perfect vessel by which you have no choice but to face it because tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people are going to be playing that at the same time. And they're going to be talking about it. And it's, it's just something you can't run from. So that, that helps to accentuate the power of video games. It's not only an interactive medium, but also as sort of a reporter where it, just, it, it not only prevents you from forgetting certain things or taking certain things for granted, but because it's interactive, it's also something where you can make choices. So you can step in 
and stop the police. You can you can step up against the militias. You can you can step up against the racism. You can do you can do whatever you want, or you can get mowed down in the streets. <laughs> so, or yeah, or you could drive through a protest. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> see, that's that's that, uh, that alone. They they would probably not allow protests just for that. Well, but I mean, well, you I, could drive on the sidewalks. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what I was gonna say with the thing that GTA actually does pretty well is you can play that game and think that they're making fun of the other side while you're also being made fun of because like you look at like GTA five, like how much of it is making fun of like, you know, like, like, like West coast culture and mm-hmm. like, you know, just a lot of like the, you know, the more um, hippy dippy sides with like yoga and his kid, like rich kid who's like kind of thinks he's a gangster yeah. and things all, like they, they have, they, they have fun with the left as much as they have with the right. And like, if anything, what I would look forward to from a GTA game and in general, like what we're looking forward to when comedy returns and everything, we're not looking at it like to, to come out and then all they're going to do is make fun of the insurrection. Like we need somebody to just bring light to just everything like pandemic to people feeling a certain way about this. And people were like, just, you need levity. And I think that's what GTA does well is they just satirize everything. So you can look at it as like, oh, they're making fun of this, but really they're also making fun of this as well on top of it. It just depends on who you run into because they are trying to hit exaggerated forms of everyday people that you'll run into uh, just on the bus or whatever, or just walking through, walking on the streets. So I think that's where they have an avenue. It's, you know, with cancel culture, I almost feel like there's always going to be somebody who's going to be offended by a GTA game, but that's kind of the point is, you want to offend somebody without offending enough people where then nobody's buying the game. So like you kind of want to skirt, you know, the left, the lefty media as opposed to like, as opposed to just like trying to uh, appeal to them alone and then just piss off right-wing people. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not trying to insult people. They're just trying to make everybody take a hard look at themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and see the ridiculousness that maybe they don't notice when they're being ridiculous out in these streets. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? Um, I've got some quick hits, quick hits, quick hits, quick yeah. hits. <laughs> uh, let me see. The Ascent, the Xbox and PC exclusive, has gotten a release date and it's coming to Game Pass. So The Ascent, we've seen this. It's that isometric cyberpunk game that looks like Diablo with guns. Outstanding visuals. We're starting to see a lot more previews of people getting hands-on playing with mouse and keyboard and the game looks phenomenal it comes out july 29th and it's available for pre-order on your xbox console and if you have game pass you ain't got to pre-order nothing because you already got it a dub has a pre-order yeah that game looks like it's gonna be absolutely amazing i'm like if there's a game that like i'm like fuck like i wish i had an xbox <laughs> like that's the game right there where like i i want my hands on that yeah okay I'll, I'll get my street walk let you know what's going on man I'm, I'm excited i'm just i'm so excited that i'm just running out of energy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh another quick hit quick hit, quick, quick hit, hit. A new Souls-like has been announced inspired by Pinocchio. This game is called Lies of P. It's coming out for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. It's a much darker take on the classic story of Pinocchio. Uh, I have no idea how that's going to work. However, I watched the teaser trailer, and it looks to be very dark. 
it looks to be uh, very stunning visually and you appear to be a character with a mechanical arm. So I'm just wondering like, do you go through the game telling lies and you grow a weapon out of your nose and you pull it off <laughs> you start beating people with your nose? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. That's something to look for if you're into Souls likes or if you do bitch made to play them, you still look at it and start begging for an easy mode. And the last quick hit, quick hit, quick, quick hit. hit. Yes. <laughs> uh, we've got a new EA studio, and it's dedicated to open world action adventure games. This studio is going to be led by former Monolith Studio head, Kevin Stevens. Uh, he presided over the development of Shadows of Mordor and Shadow of War. So yeah, now he's the head of a studio that's going to be focusing on open world titles. AMC, how do you feel about this? Um, yeah, great. Uh, oh, shout out the Shadows series. That was actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with him branching out, maybe he'll uh, bring some of that knowledge to the Nemesis system there it <laughs> to, is. <laughs> to a franchise outside of you know Mordor, uh, Lord of the Rings. So I we've been waiting for it. We now have a new console generation, which could do some absolute like amazing things with that, with a uh, stronger hardware. So you know. Maybe he'll bring some of that knowledge and you know try to reinvent it a little bit without calling it the Nimbus system, so he won't so he won't get sued. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on there. Hopefully, yeah, we'll start to see some Nemesis elements make their way into games outside of the Shadow and Mortar series. Shadow of War. So yeah, that's all my quick hits. AMC, you're fresh out, I imagine. Nah, yep, I am fresh out. You have any final words, Ado? Final words, I mean. Uh, I don't know, man. Summer's upon us. Hopefully, you know, California is going to be opening up June 15th. So make sure you're getting inoculated, get your vaccines so we can all go outside, get these barbecues and these pool parties going. I'm trying to get trying to get back to normal, I'm trying to go in the office, see my coworkers again, get my questions answered instead of slacking. <laughs> yeah, don't be that dude who's uh, showing up to the party like, yeah, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> and then you're not. <laughs> oh, okay. First of all, don't be that dude going around not vaccinated just trying to pass because if i find out that you did that and you're responsible for another hot spot or another outbreak that's going to put us back inside we're coming to get you (laughs) the mob (laughs) yes like there's no vaccine at that point it's you just getting choked out (laughs) yeah is there uh, instagram live (laughs) is there anything that you're uh looking forward to um you know being able to do that you weren't able to do during the pandemic? Well, now that now that I'm fully vaxxed, I mean, I got to wait for a couple of weeks, but I'm definitely going to be going back to drawing workshops every week again. So get my, get my chops back, get back into that groove. Also looking forward to going to a bar at some point, just meet new people and try testing out this new body. Now that I lost all this weight and got all lean. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, got to, Got to see if we can get a Mrs. A dub out there somewhere. So who knows? Uh, but yeah. ultimately, I, I just want to get back out there. I'm in no rush, but you know, you know how it is. You see the finish line, you try to run a little faster, but you don't want to gas yourself out before you get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, it's a uh, movie theater. I'm yeah. looking forward to eventually getting a date night at a movie because that was definitely my favorite option for date night was always seeing a movie and 
you know, we got uh, what Black Widow coming. Um, yes. Some other movies. I'm sure there's Multiverse a ton of movies. of Madness. Yeah, there are a ton of movies that weren't released last summer. They're gonna gonna get released this summer. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, everybody kind of gets their shit together, and we can all do this. <laughs> and for real, get your shit together, everybody. <laughs> the right. end is in sight. Yeah. Get your shit together. Let's cross the finish line together. Let's put this behind us. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay.